0: This is a podcast about failure. With me, Lola Berry, author, nutritionist, and yoga teacher. Join me as we get to know these guests and learn about how their failures have ultimately shaped their dreams. Welcome to Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry. welcome to episode two of season five. I still can't get my head around it. We are in season five. Thank you so much for listening and for writing in and kind of letting us know what you want to hear more of. This pod would not exist without you. Uh, Today's guest an awesome mate of mine, who I used to be a roommate with in Sydney, Cardia Milan. Uh, She's more the millennial age group. She's a young'un, but man, oh man, this girl has got fire. She is driven. She's an actress. She's a singer. She's also going to probably kill me for saying that, but she's so driven. She's known for all her epic YouTube content, massive influencer and Mark my words, she's going to take over the world. Cardi Milan really opened up about her relationship with anxiety, body image, and heartbreak. And I'm really lucky that she shared so much of herself with me because we've got this like long-standing friendship. And to be honest, this combo just kind of felt like two mates catching up on the phone. I really hope you enjoy this firecracker of a Leo who is passionate and driven and all about living the dream. Big love to you, Cardi. I miss you heaps. Hello. Hello, my love. <laughs> you were completely <laughs> waiting for me to introduce you that I could tell. This is the incredible, creative, powerhouse, Cardi Milan. You are, I was trying to figure out the intro to this beforehand. I was like, man, what the F are you? An actor? Are you a singer? I saw on your Insta. Oh, no, I saw on a vlog yesterday that you were like, I'm just going to keep teaching myself the piano. (laughs) You're unstoppable. You're unstoppable. And on top of all that, we're mates, but you're an incredible, massive digital influencer. You speak your truth. You're no bullshit. You're the real deal. And I'm just so pumped to have this combo with you.
1: I'm so excited that we're finally doing this.
0: (laughs) I know. It feels like very overdue, doesn't it?
1: And I also feel like I'm just kind of on a phone call to you, like having a life catch up, so, yeah.
0: That's what we want. That's what we want. Okay. So I know this is going to go so fast because we tend to dive deep when we chat. So can we start? First of all, we met when you were what, 16, 17? Yeah, like 17, I think. On a panel in Sydney. Mm -hmm. Had you finished school at that stage?
1: Uh, I think I had. Oh, I don't know, actually. Maybe I was in my final year of school. I either just graduated or I was in my final year of school.
0: So, because I remember um, from researching you, you went to like a theatre school from year nine onwards, right?
1: Yeah, so I went to – I started an all-girls private school. It was terrible. (laughs) And then I moved to a uh, drama school uh, for grades 9, 10 – sorry, 10, 11 and 12 – um where i focused i did my i majored in theater and film but i dropped out of film and we just focused on the acting
0: so good i saw you do an interview where you were like i came out of theater school and i was broken i it was fully breaks literally
1: you, right? broken well you'd know you're doing acting now too so it's like and i was doing theater training so we studied like every different type of theater we we did you know uh, physical theater to all ty- all types of um international theater studies and we were doing like also the um what's the word for oh, the, oh my god improvisation um no the like oh my god like the study of it all the wow Lola, i have just had a fa- dramaturg
0: dramaturgy no oh
1: my god scrap that oh. <laughs>
0: No, so one thing that I'm because I'm studying at school at the moment too. And you, one thing with theaters, often with theater schools, is they'll make you study all the different styles of acting training. Like you do Meisner, you do Chubby, yeah, you do method acting. We did all of that. We
1: did all of that. And then it was what I'm trying to say is we also studied the history of lots of stuff. That's, I don't know, I just had a massive brain fart for a second. We did lots of back end. So we were doing analytical stuff too. So it was a lot. My brain had, had just absolutely died at the end of that. And also emotionally having to give 100% to, you know, uh, the arts when you're still developing as a teenager and you're growing up and you're trying to figure out everything. It was a lot, but the best learning experience of my entire life, you know.
0: And I think one thing I feel when I whenever I'm around you is you have this innate sense of self-awareness and I think drama school gives you a bit of self-awareness like you've quickly learn where your holes are in your psychology oh, you learn what you're good God, at yeah. you know
1: I in drama school taught me how to live without such an ego I learned about ego in drama school um I learned how to be aware of other people. I learned how to be aware of myself. I learned how to be confident and fearless. Like it, it honestly, it it tears down every wall that you put up and all of the fear that I used to have around just being me. It honestly tears it down because you can't be, you have to be completely open and vulnerable in that space. Otherwise you just look stupid. (laughs)
0: Like All the words you just used to describe that open, vulnerable, courageous, fearless, they're words that I would use to describe you. My little Leo. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, so yes, I do think some of your stuff would have come from doing that kind of intense, it's almost like psychological study, Mm theatre school, Um, so young, but also I think that there's something innately within you as well on top of that. Like I think you've got a very strong strong sense of character, of who the fuck you are. You can swear as much as you want, by the way. This is yes, what I, don't, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um I did my research and listened to a few a few of your podcasts. I'm like, yep, she's happy swearing. Great. <laughs> so it
1: just slips out sometimes. I'm like, Katia, And then I'm like, oh fuck. Oh wait. Oh shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just go with it. But okay, so after theatre school, I think we must have met around the end of that. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were on a panel and I was like, who? Is someone that can speak their truth like this?
1: I just remember the panel was tricky because we were kind of up against these like corporate opposing, like they all had very opposing thoughts to what we had and we were kind of backing each other on this panel. I remember looking at my mum in the crowd and she was loving what you were saying. We were uh, looking yeah. at each other and I was like, who is this chick? And I remember afterwards we, like, immediately ran up to each other and just it just all began. It was like this love affair. We were like, you're epic, you're epic. And then it went from there, really.
0: Well, so after that you would have moved to Byron Bay on your own at 17, mm-hmm. yeah? Yes. Just all on your own lonesome.
1: On my little lonesome, I I waddled off. I said, I'm so sorry, Mom. My poor mom, like now that I look back, I'm like, she would have been having a heart attack. Like, who is this child that I've raised? Why on earth is she doing this? Yeah, so I moved by myself. I just I think after living in Brisbane my whole life, I had wanted to escape for years. Like my childhood there was not easy. It was very turbulent um, and stressful. I feel like it just held lots of trauma for me. And I just wanted to get out. I, I honestly wanted to grow up a lot faster than I probably should have. And I just wanted, but I wanted my freedom and I wanted to figure out who the fuck I was. You know, I wanted to explore and test myself. I've, I always, I kind of have said in a few podcasts and on YouTube videos, like growing up, I was quite dependent on my friends and I was really actually quite socially anxious being alone. It was very hard for me to be alone. I'm a very social person. So moving away from home into like a, a new town that I didn't really know many people and I'd never really been alone before, I I wanted to test myself. Like I really wanted to like see what I, how much I could grow and evolve
0: how amazing that you have that! But imagine, <laughs> how amazing that you have that as your goal at friggin' seventeen. I honestly
1: like, don't. You're a wise
0: like, soul. You're much looking, older than you are.
1: Looking back, I'm like, who did that? Who was <laughs> that? Like, who sent me on this weird cosmic mission? Like.
0: Jesus. <laughs> so, so in Byron, when you were in Byron, you had like five months for a, you'd paid for five months of a lease, I heard mm-hmm. you say. And then, yep. but in Brizzy, you kind of started, started accidentally kind of make up on YouTube because you'd mm-hmm. sent it to a friend publicly accidentally. Is that yeah.
1: right? It, yeah. It had just been a video that was supposed to be emailed and the file size was too big. So I uploaded it on YouTube. It went public. And then it just kind of, that's how it started from there. It was very natural and accidental. And then for some reason I was like, this is fun. I'm going to keep going. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then what, so what made you go from Byron to Sydney, which is when we kind of cross paths. Again? Yeah. Um,
1: I was just kind of outgrowing Byron. I think it was very slow paced. And I'm a very like, as you know, Lola, I don't really slow down. I'm like, go, 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 go. And Byron served its purpose. I also feel like Byron is a very, it's very energetically uh it's how do I explain it? It's very I mean, you know, like when you go there, you can feel the energy there. But one thing that everyone says is Byron pulls you in, it sucks you in, and then it pushes you out when it's time to leave. And I definitely got pushed out. I just felt when I will, I didn't feel I got evicted from my house living there, which it was just, that's a whole other story. Um, it wasn't anything bad. Don't worry. But it was more to me, it was a massive sign from the universe going, get out. You've outgrown this place. You know, you need, there's more things for you. But I also had signed with IMG, um, management and they were like, look for us to really help you. We need you in Sydney. We can't help you." from Byron. If you want to be acting, if you want to be public speaking, if you want to be doing all of this stuff, like there's only so much we can help you with. So I, yeah, once I found out that I had to leave Byron, I just packed up my car and drove by myself to Sydney. I remember the feeling, I remember the road trip, just me driving by myself. I think I was like 18 at that point to move to Sydney. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I, I, I hadn't even found an apartment to live yet. I just drove and I just drove straight to my friend Sammy's house and I stayed with her for a few days and went apartment hunting.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. I mean, the fact that you can do that at, you know, 18 years old, I moved to Sydney, I think at 27. So like 10 Mm. years later than you, that's what I mean. You're so ahead of the trajectory. You're, you're sorting all this stuff out and you're still like, you're 20. Do you turn 22 in a couple of weeks? About a week and a bit? Yeah. Yeah, so you're still a bub. Like so many people, there are so many people in my acting course that are like early to mid-20s and they're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. They're lazy as anything. And I'm like, shit, you need drive, guys. Like You do need the drive. You've got that within you and I think that that's, again, coming back to something that you've had. Innately within you, for I think it's probably Mm. like a DNA thing. So then, did you you built the treehouse? I love to call it the treehouse. We (laughs) built the treehouse. So um,
1: the treehouse was my the first unit that I got in Sydney. Well, the first and only apartment I lived in in Sydney. I was getting pretty stressed. We've been looking. All over the place and I couldn't find anything. And my, my mom had come down to Sydney with me to help me find something. Bless her soul. You um, love so of. we were looking like crazy <laughs> and I was panicking. And we were at this inspection, and I said to the real estate agent or, or mom said, Do you have anything else? Like anything we're desperate. And he goes, Look, there's this place down the road. It's it's a little bit above your price range or your, your budget, but do you want to come and look at it? And I said, you know, I've got nothing to lose. So Lo and behold, the treehouse. Um, I went walked into this apartment, and we call it the treehouse because it's up high enough. It just looks out to the treetops, so you don't really see any other buildings. And it was just something about it was just magical. And I thought, you know what, this is I, this is so out of my means. I'm going to have to work my ass off to afford living here. But I was ready for the challenge because I just knew that living. In, I I had to live in the right. I well, you know. My work is where I live and I work from home and all of that. If the energy was right there, I I knew I would succeed. And I just had this faith. I was like, this might stress you out a bit, but stretch it and yeah. Long story short, Lola lived with me in the treehouse for a bit. And it's a very, it's very close to our hearts, this and you apartment.
0: Had, you had it had a very good energy about it. like you had, yes, it looked out over the trees, but also like you had so many plants. You mm. had your epic Elvis on the wall. Like yes. it had this really great. We do angel card readings at night time. Crystals in
1: every corner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'd like plan our dreams, read each other's cards. It was Epic. So, from a few nights
1: crying, a few nights sobbing over, Lord knows what.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember? Do you remember when um, I was going through a really rough breakup, and you were like, "No, Lola, you had like gave me the courage," and you literally were like, "Bye," and flicked my phone across the room. I, I think you rem- engaged his call, like del- like declined a call for me, and I'm like, oh, I've never done that my I did in not like life. this
1: ex. I know. I was like, ready? Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye.
0: <laughs> Everybody needs a cardi in their corner, can I say. <laughs> so I feel like from a career perspective for you, Sydney kind of like blew up, like mm-hmm. – Massive on the like social media kind of, Mm -hmm. yes, YouTube, but also Insta. When I was staying with you, I remember you were doing stuff at the Arias. Do you remember Mm -hmm. that? And you, I remember you got dressed by like Alice McCall and then you're on the red carpet. I was like, I fully felt like I was in there's this, um, there's like a gang of people. I think when Margot Robbie went to the Oscars, she had like five friends in a hotel room helping her get ready. And I was like, I'm having my Margot moment with (laughs) Kaya.
1: I remember like I would have – there was so many times you were there before I had events and everything where you just would ground me like crazy because I would always get so anxious before going anywhere. Like if you remember, I'd just get so stressed and I'd be so flustered and I would feel so much pressure but you were always there and you'd like spray me or you'd give me a crystal and you'd give me a pep talk before I'd walk out the door and it was amazing.
0: It was such a <clears> fun <throat> time to share. It was such a fun time to share. Yeah. yeah. So just on a career perspective with Sydney, is that kind of – when everything – I feel like you were already completely blown up by the time Mm. you got to Sydney, but, like, I feel like in Sydney you were kind of, like, not – to me, not – you were, like, yes, digital influencer, but you were also, like, presenting. You were doing heaps of presenting stuff. You were doing public speaking as well. Mm. Sydney was definitely what took
1: everything to the next level because my mentality going there was you are here to work. Like, you are here to hustle. You've got – like that was when when I moved it was when social media was becoming a job. It was like, "Oh okay, this is no longer just a hobby." And I remember I left Byron and I said, "This is what I do full-time now. I I work on social media and I'm going to pursue acting eventually once once I'm there and I got I, I'm on my feet." And so I literally did not have a social life when I first moved to Sydney. I barely knew anyone. It took me about a year to like properly meet friends there. So I was by myself for most of the time and all I did was I just focused. I just like tunnel vision. I posted like three videos a week on YouTube. Like I tried to do shoots. I tried to be really engaged and I was like, I need to grow my socials because I need to get ahead and I also really wanted to make a difference online. So I wanted to... You know, I was doing lots of videos about self-development, self-help, spirituality, trying to make creative videos, like while also trying to, you know, meet friends and start going to events and making relationships with brands and stuff. So that's when I think my yeah, digital media time really took took hold and I kind of ran with it and really just face down, ass up, focused.
0: (laughs) I feel like you personally have this great combination of yes, tunnel vision, which is what you just described, but then there's this amazing like freedom, liberty kind of vibe that you kind Mm. of nail, like very Lana Del Rey energy, but you do (laughs) that within yourself as well and you go from yes, Cardi's in work mode and tunnel vision mode, but then you're very good at kind of catching yourself when you need to and being Mm. like, yo, I actually need time out. You're so yeah, good at that. Sure. You get your massages. You do so much self-care stuff. Mm-hmm. You'll go on a road trip or you'll go away and you'll be like, I actually need to have like a holiday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you find the balance of going, I need to pull the handbrake up now? It is really
1: hard, I think, sometimes when you're, first you firstly when you're, you're your own boss and secondly, when you're passionate about something. Like you just want to do it all and you want to go until you achieve that goal. And I learned the hard way for sure. I mean, obviously, while I lived in Sydney, it was important to me to have my morning routine. Like I would get up, I'd meditate, exercise was important to me. Um, going, You you introduced me to yoga, which changed my life. And But then you were we drinking to-
0: the F45 Kool-Aid. I remember you were like, no, nope, you're going to come to F45.
1: <laughs> I was on my F45 grind. Like, I, yeah, I loved exercising. It really it just got me going and then so i tried to balance it more I, I realized i was burning myself out so that's when i started you know doing a bit more yoga and incorporating we went to the sauna and i would go and get kahuna massages which if anyone doesn't know it's a hawaiian massage mm. it changed my life it was like energy healing so i think for me i'm such an empath and i'm so uh, emotional and vulnerable to a lot, Um, going to events and being in that industry really started to drain me a lot. So I had to, you know, I didn't want to tap out. I just had to use resources around me to help me refuel. And um, I also slowly started meeting amazing like-minded friends there. And I had you, Lola, like you don't even realize how big a part you played in my life in Sydney. Like having you there to sit with someone that understood Firstly, like the the language I use around spirituality, and just you're you're equally as vulnerable and emotional. Like having, I think, anyone in their life that can understand and support you is definitely what kept me going in that, and was like my it, it was like what filled my cup at the end of the day. You know, feelings
0: mutual. P.S. I was like, yeah. you would give me that um, the you would bring in this like fiery flirt that I was never good at bringing. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, you need to feel hot tonight, and I'm like, oh my god, no. <laughs> Were I like lived.
1: I like lived through you on any dates that you'd have or anything because my my love life was zero. <laughs> I was too focused.
0: You were so, so so, and I think you still are so so focused. But you're so, like I said, I think you're getting really good at moderating yourself now and going calm now.
1: Yeah, I, well, I mean, I got to the burnout point where I had to leave Sydney. You know, I got to the point where I was like, I'm jeopardizing any balance in my life now because I'm anxious, I'm stressed, like beyond stressed. I, f- I started having health issues. I was sad and I would cry all the time. Like, I, And I was ruining the relationships around me, you know, like the relationship that I'm with my ex. You know, I was ruining that because I had pushed myself way too far. And so I, you know, I packed up and I left Sydney and I moved to the Gold Coast, which at the time everyone's like, this is going to be terrible for your career. Like this is such a stupid move. Don't you want to act? Don't you want to do all this stuff? And I had all this like opposition. And I was just like, I have to trust myself that this is the right thing. I can always move back to Sydney, but right now I need to trust my gut and trust that this is the right thing. And it sure was the best decision. <laughs> totally. I think we
0: all know the Gold Coast is the best place to be right now, especially really in a pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm in second round of lockdown. Do you know all of Victoria's. in the second round I know. Lockdown. I
1: honestly cannot believe it. Like I, I just really hope it doesn't happen here. No, nah, it won't. It
0: won't. I want to, you kind of touch on it with anxiety and burnout and, and I know you've experienced panic attacks before. Mm-hmm. Can mm-hmm. you share a little bit about anxiety and your relationship with it? Because I know you share so much with your, Mm-hmm. Community and you speak so openly and vulnerable, vulnerably, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. Can you share a bit about anxiety?
1: Yeah, I, I honestly, I'm so open, and I love actually talking about anxiety because I wish that I had when I was going through it. I wish that I had someone that could tell me about their experience because I genuinely thought I was going crazy when I first experienced it. It was so foreign to me because growing up, I was the most positive kid. No matter what shitty things happened to me, I just quite luckily was blessed with a glass half full mentality always. And so when I was faced with anxiety for the first time, it wasn't just typical anxiety. It was panic anxiety. They diagnosed me with panic disorder. I genuinely couldn't operate. I felt Oh my god, it makes like that that feeling of like mm. I was tight. My my anxiety manifested in my body. It was very physical. It constantly felt like someone had their hands around my neck. So I I at any at all moments I thought I was gonna choke and stop breathing. And it's like that's really intense. But it was terrible. I would never wish anyone to go through what I went through with it. And I know people experience anxiety in so many different ways, but yeah, I started experiencing this very physical. Anxiety panic disorder um, that lasted for almost a whole year, I would yeah. say. Um, it was really hell. I honestly never thought I would ever go back to being cardiac. I would refer to myself in third person, for God's sake. Like it was so isolating. It didn't, it just, it didn't feel like me. Um, and I pretty much developed this anxiety when I was traveling overseas. Mm. I had just burnt myself out. Um, and I had had a really bad head injury. I got a terrible concussion overseas, which just, it just led to a lot of issues. My gut health then went out the door. I was having uh, issues with just work stress and relationship stress and then trying to deal with these new feelings and emotions. It was just really... (laughs) A really I, hard time. I don't know
0: if you remember, but I remember you had a huge work, um, like, offer in New York and you were – the yeah. thought of getting and flying and being away mm. was almost crippling to you. You were just like, I don't know what to do. Like, and It was crippling. Like, yeah. it was one
1: of the biggest work opportunities that I'd been offered to date. Like, I – I had been offered to um, fly to New York and go and be in the Tresemme commercial. And I was like, oh, my God, filming in New York, like going to Fashion Week, like this is my dream. And then there was – and then that was the first one. Then it was, okay, then after New York you'll have to fly to Milan and do this – go to the Versace show with Sephora. And I was like, oh, my God. And then it was – then after Milan you're going to fly to Paris and go to the Tommy Hilfiger show. And I just was like, this is – Fucked. These are three of the most incredible opportunities, And I think I'm gonna have to say no because I simply can't do it. I will die. I honestly thought I was gonna die because i I couldn't breathe half of the time in the day. Like I would cry at the drop of a hat. like the feeling of panic I constantly had to battle with was insane to me. but somehow I did you it, did. and I went, and I did it. And I was like, I will regret this for my entire life. I'm not going to let this anxiety beat me um, or, like, beat me down. I'm just going to do it. And, you know, it was so challenging, the whole experience. But wherever you're challenged, you're equally supported. My mom always says that. And, you know, in New York, I had the most beautiful makeup artist. Oh, yeah, was there. I remember. Sophia, she just – supported me and I felt like I had a big sister there looking after me and the team was amazing and then you know in Milan I knew the Sephora PR girl and it was just familiar and then in Paris I was there with one of my best friends and again that I'm really close with the PR team from Tommy Hilfiger so I just had to look at little those little parts to be like you know these people you are supported and the universe has your back you're going to be okay yeah <laughs> and you know also during that whole time like my uh, my ex that I was with, he was, from from a distance, he was so supportive and comforting. And um, that also obviously helped in having my mom. And yeah, so...
0: Can I ask, and you've touched on like how you got through that experience where you were like you found little support networks with each gig kind of thing, like with Mm -hmm. each, you kind of broke it down into manageable kind of like bite-sized experiences. But on a bigger scale, like how did you overcome anxiety? Did you you get a therapist? Did you work on Mm -hmm. more the body work kind of stuff with the kahuna? Mm. What were your things that kind of helped you through?
1: God, I did absolutely everything. All I said to myself was from the start, I am never going on medication for this. I can heal myself. Like I've still in my life, what is the one Xanax people take for anxiety, is it? I've yeah. never in my life, like I will never touch it because I've seen it destroy so many people. And this is for me personally, I think I have to say that as a disclaimer, some people should be on medication and medication is their best option. For me, I truly believe in holistic healing. So I wanted to use myself as a test study so I could help other people. So I tried everything. (laughs) I would journal daily, meditate daily, I stopped doing high intensity exercise. I stopped drinking coffee completely. I, um, so that was my start base, which is now my base for every single day in my life. I've gotten back into high intensity exercise now because I can (laughs) handle it. But for me, my cortisol levels were ridiculously high and I needed to fix my gut health. So we'll, we'll, I guess before I found out all of that, I I started with these little tools that I knew that helped me. And then I thought, okay, what next? Uh, Massage, relaxation, I need to de-stress. And then um, I I started acupuncture. My acupuncturist said to me, you need to... um, your body is so burnt out. I've got an amazing nutritionist. You should go and see her and see what's going on. Maybe you've got gut issues. And I thought, yeah, I've heard people talk about gut relating to anxiety. I, I didn't really believe in it or know much about it at that point. But I, I booked in and we ran every single test under the sun. I'm like, what am I intolerant to? What's going on in my stomach? I did everything and all of the results came back. And it was pretty much like your cortisol is ridiculous. Your hormones are so out of whack. No wonder why you feel emotional all the time. Like all everything started making sense and it just started as this elimination process. I had to start healing my stomach. I had to reduce my stress to bring down my cortisol and I had to just live a slower-paced life. That was the, the main thing. Like I had to just ultimately stop doing everything I was doing and relook at my life and put my health first. Um, so, so, yeah. So good.
0: Thank you for sharing that because I think – anxiety is much more common than people realise. Like I, I I even, you know, I'm very pro-therapy and you know, I have mm-hmm. a therapist once a week and I, you know, one day I remember I explained experience to him and he's like, you know, that's a panic attack. And I was like, no, I've never mm. had panic or anxiety. Mm. I think people don't even realise that anxiety is often sure. a day-to-day coping mechanism, you know. It is. Next question, you've kind of just alluded to it a little bit, and I think you've shared, I watched the vlog about this, um, a little mm-hmm. bit about heartbreak and mm-hmm. um, your ex who you just mentioned was really supportive of you when you went through, I guess, those big those big moments of when the anxiety was kind of at its gnarliest, it sounds yeah. like. Is there anything mm-hmm. you want to share about that? Because I imagine you would have been getting DMs frigging months about <laughs> yeah. what's going on with you too because you've <gasps> both got such massive profiles.
1: Yeah, I mean, I... Always, as I said, with the anxiety, like I am very open talking about anything, most things, (laughs) if it can help people on their journeys with themselves and stuff. And for me, I can openly speak about my ex, like hopefully he doesn't mind me talking to this because I have no, I have no anger anymore, no hatred, nothing like I, all I have is love and respect for him because he was such a huge part of my life and I think the hardest thing is, and I guess for anyone who is maybe with someone who's dealing with really bad mental health problems, or it can be really isolating and and so hard. I, I often used to feel like, how is he so strong to deal with this? I don't even understand what's going on with me. How can he still be so loving and supportive? So I have so much respect because he went through every single part of my downfall with me and really held my hand through it and was like, no, I'm here and I support you. So, um, he he did everything that was amazing that you could ask for for someone dealing with mental health problems. You know, never made me feel like crazy for what I was going through, even though that's what I felt like a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, like having someone and it could be your partner or your mom or a best friend, like just being able to be open with someone about how you feel when you are feeling anxious and have someone just go, it's okay, I've got you, you know, like that is means more than anything. It's powerful. And that's love, you know, like having and remembering that you have those people in your life. It only just takes you reaching out to express how you feel. You can have that support whenever, you know, and if it's, if you don't have those people around you uh, personally, then there is so many amazing um, communities and hotlines and so much. But I think why I'm open about talking about this as well is that reaching out for help is I would not have simply got through what I went through without that. And without, yeah. you know, for me it was having him by my side yeah. because we we travelled for work a lot as well together. So I, I had the luxury of having him actually be there.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think it's so, it is freaking beautiful that you can turn around and say that now. Mm. Like it's pretty amazing It's and it's very rare and I think that it's, very nice to be able to go, I just send only love to that person because for the sure. reality is like you've got a past. You've shared epic stuff, sure, like shit stuff as well, but I mean like any normal healthy relationship. But mm-hmm. it is really nice when you get to that place and you're like, I'm really grateful that we shared that. Yeah, so that's commendable me, to you.
1: Yeah, I mean for me it was dealing with the breakup was one of the hardest things to come to terms with that it had to end because my mental health was just so bad I was not well and it's weird to admit that now I guess at the time it was really hard to say I honestly I can't deal anymore I have to I need to come home I need to be on the Gold Coast I also feel like for me I was not going to heal with him in my life because I constantly felt like I was weighing him down um so I didn't want to be selfish anymore. I was like, I can't hold you here just because I need the support. I need to be able to support myself on my own. And so you were, was, you were
0: in the eye of the storm Cardi when you're I in was, it. Oh, yeah. God, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was
1: going through it yeah. and I just, I, I, when I ended things, I just said, like, I hope you can understand that I'm doing this because I love you. And that's and and I still hold that. I still say that. Like, I stepped away for that reason. And, like, I hope in my life I don't ever have relationships that end and I have hatred for them. Like, no I think relationships, when it's pure, real love, like, I gave my all and I did everything and I gave 110% of my, myself to someone, so I would never want to walk away from that. Any relationship I have in my life, like, having hatred for them. Obviously, sh- shit happens, but... I think it's such a beautiful thing. I want to look back and be happy, you know, yeah. and like celebrate those moments. Like I, it, when my, all my friends, when I first got into this relationship, so it was my first relationship, all my friends were like, this is crazy. We never thought you'd be in love or like settle down because I was the pickiest person in the world. Like <laughs> I could not, and no one was ever good enough and I could never commit to someone. And I I said used to say, I was like, I'm going to be alone forever with cats. Like seven cats, that will be me. So I celebrate it because I'm, like, I learned how to be in love. Like, I experience love. It's something I never thought I would have done. So I think, obviously, some relationships are harder, like people that go through abusive relationships, et cetera. Like, that's something completely different. But I think for my situation, like, I'm so happy I can look back and be like, hell, yeah. Like, we yeah. did that. Yeah. We did that. That's, that's <laughs> a testament. hard, but we did that.
0: <laughs> that's a testament to on a very um, kind of, like, Base level, both being good human beings underneath all the other gotcha. layers and stuff. Yes. So, thank for you sure. for sharing that because I know that wouldn't be of super course. easy. And
1: I think my eyes just maybe watered up a little bit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, but I, like, like I said, don't cry, Cardia. <laughs> both good humans, you know, like I I mean, I've been like, I have to share memories with both of you, and it was of like course. a little team. I was like 12 yeah, years older, but a good little team. I know.
1: No, you were like Mama Lola Bear, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the thing. Like he, I don't have anger because he is a great person, and I will never, ever like stray from saying that, no matter what I've been through with someone. Like,
0: yeah, he is a great person. I'm ju- I'm so happy that you've shared that because I think it's really easy to be like, and, and like, it's it's just really easy to kind of cut someone after a relationship because that is easier, uh, and especially until the dust settles. That can sometimes be the smartest thing until you process uh, yeah. it.
1: And if anyone's listening that's going through a breakup, it's like this, I'm, we broke up maybe like an eight months ago, nine months ago now. So it does take time. Like yeah, I can totally. speak like this now because I've calmed down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not angry anymore. I've done the inner work. I have, but of course, when it first happened, you wouldn't hear me talking like this. Yeah, that's natural. It ha- it, yeah. Heartbreak hurts and it, and things losing your best friend. It's like you have to navigate life differently. So I think, um, yeah, I love talking about it because you, everyone, I remember going through my, my worst period of the heartbreak thinking I'm never going to be okay with this and I'm never going to be able to be nice to him. And I don't even know how we're ever going to be able to be friends because blah, 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 but you can get there and it's just time,
0: time, time. And (laughs) Self-development. <laughs> totally, totally. And I think as well when you really sit with it, they say there's this famous saying that you bring in a mirror of where you're at, at your like your stage in life. And then when you kind of look back, and I, I am a bit older that is, so I can kind of say when you look back, you're like, I can see why that relationship happened. It was to give me this gift. And then when you kind of have this like real gratitude kind of lens on, you become grateful for every experience you have yeah and that's
1: what I mean like I always say every single you know so many people say and ask like do you regret anything in your life or what was something that you would change and like I honestly say I don't regret a thing I wouldn't change a thing because even oh my when people like would you want to take like would you want to just scrap the whole anxiety part of your life and I'm like no I'm so happy I went through that it was terrible going through it but I even remember going through it being like you're going to use this one day to help people and you're going to be able to understand people better. And so same with my past relationship and heartbreak, like I learned so much and coming out of it, I'm such a different person now. I've grown so much and so every downfall has its incredible lessons and you always like you go down and then you rise back up higher than you were before. Like that's truly totally. what I believe.
0: You need to write a book. Just put it and out one there. Day, one day. <laughs> Um, the next thing I want to talk about is I just received your incredible bikinis in the, oh. in the mail and <laughs> there, I love the way you speak to body image. And I Mm -hmm. can you share a bit about like I know you've had your own uh, kind of like journey and growth with Mm -hmm. personal body image, weight, all of that kind of jazz. Can you share a bit about that but also your vision or your perspective on body image because you're so open about your messaging with that and I freaking love it. Mm -hmm.
1: I think for me it's always I never want to come online and say that I'm – at a hundred percent healthy place with my body image because I'm not. It is something that honestly I have to work on every single day. Like I have the most extreme body dysmorphia, like it's terrible. And it really hinders my life in so many ways because I've come from losing like 30 kilos since I was young. I was very overweight when I was younger. Um, and I think being in the industry has so much fucking pressure to be something that, is really quite unrealistic for me to be, at least at this stage in my life, you know? Um, So I, I think my, I don't even know how to summarize it. My take on it is I have to just remind myself every day that I am unique for my own amazing reasons and my body does not define that. I always try and think like my mind is more powerful than that. Like what I have to say, the energy I bring into a room, like I want to impact people with that, not, how perfect is my body or how skinny am I or how, you know, and I've also, as I've gotten older, I've learned to love the body I'm in. I, I look at it as a way of like, my legs have taken me so many places. My eyes have seen so much beautiful stuff. Like my, you know, taking it back to that, like my body keeps me alive and pumping. And this is my home. And that's my main thing that I say, like, this is my home. I can't jump into someone else's body. I need to make this space beautiful and livable. Like I can't mm. make it a living hell. It's I, It's physically impossible for me to, like, jump into someone else's body. So, and if I have these big goals to be, you know, to get fit or change my physique, it's not going to happen if I'm hating on myself. It's as simple as that. Like, you don't have that. It's not coming from a loving place. It's not coming from a good place. It's your body will just feel stressed and be like, no, we're not doing that.
0: (laughs) Totally, totally. You've got to have the right mindset around even for uh, – you know I'm a nutritionist, but often people come to you for weight loss and I, I now will say, if you're coming to me for weight loss, we're going to work on your your brain and you're probably going to need to see a therapist because there's so much more going on.
1: And, and that's where I'm at now with it. Like I – for me personally, like I've had to struggle with fighting my brain on my body issues all the time and weight loss is like something that has been in my life since I was so young. I'm constantly feeling like I have to – I feel like I have to really stay on top of it because for me, I don't know if it's just in my, like, I mean, my genetics is tricky. Like (laughs) I've grown up being a bit overweight. My dad's side is quite overweight. Like it's, it runs in our family. So I have to be more aware. I have to put in the effort. I have to make sure I'm eating really healthy. I have to make sure I'm working out. Um, For me, it's just not crossing a line of pushing myself too hard or going into like crazy obsessive eating habits, which in the past I have. And it's, I'm still repairing myself from being in those places. It's not, it's not, main, it, you can't maintain it. It's not. Totally. It's not long. You can't, uh, what's the word? There's no longevity in that.
0: Yeah, it's not sustainable. You need Sustainable. It. Yeah.
1: Sustainable <laughs> is the word I was
0: looking for. <laughs> I always say to people like, well, you, what's the long-term game? And is it out of a sense of loving who you are? And totally. you've got a very good sense of loving who you are. I remember you and I went to an event together once in Sydney and I was feeling shit about myself. I think it was dating that ex and you were like, you're coming out with me tonight. And um, I walked into the room and I think there was a media wall and you're a natural on a media wall and I'm like a big goober and always feel like I shouldn't be there. Full. Um,
1: I feel. It's fake it till you make it. <laughs> yeah. But you
0: said to me, you got, I don't know if you'll ever you remember this, but you said to me, You need to walk into the room and be like, I am a goddess. Do you remember that?
1: (laughs) Yes, I do. I remember it was like the thing that when I, I remember when I used to go to LA when I was really young too, and I would walk into these rooms with these, you know, all these people like in the industry, and I would be like, oh my God, oh my God. And I used to channel this, I think I had like this tarot deck. Um, and it was the goddess cards. I don't remember, but, or some, I don't know, just this thing I learned when I was younger. And I would go, You are a goddess. You have to like walk in with this like golden light above you, put your back up straight, have these like hypnotizing eyes, like just turn it on, fake it till you make it, like, and walk in. And people are attracted to confidence. They, that's what they see. So I just would have to like, you know, zone into that moment. And that's, I remember saying to you, like, just channel goddess energy and be that because you are that. And people, you know, they're not going to question you there. They'll just be like, oh, my God, look at this girl. She's confident and beaming.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. That's. I still have to work on it, but I always remember that with you, that you've taught me. You've taught me so much. I want to quickly ask. Pardon? I said vice versa. Oh, man. Nah, nah, nah. All you. Um, I want to quickly ask about Mrs. Mine because I, it was a short film. Is it called a short <laughs> film? That came out yeah, a pr- short. couple of weeks ago. I loved it, but also I got to see you act for the first time. So, is acting coming back into the forefront for you now?
1: For sure. I mean, Mrs. Mine was pretty much me reaching out to my friend, Amelie, saying, I'm so sick of my bullshit. I need to. I say, like you know, I've studied acting since I was like nine, and I'm not doing anything with it, and I'm so passionate about it, but I'm I'm scared. I'm honestly scared to do it now because I've put I've put it off for so long. And she goes, "All right, I'm going to write a script and let's just do a film in LA." And I was like, "Okay," so I flew over and we did that and. I mean for me personally I think it was a great learning experience. I in other podcasts and online I've mentioned like it's not my I don't love watching it back because I, for me personally it's terrible acting. It wasn't my best. I had I was in the I was in the storm of the breakup, so I was not focused and you know there's so many things I would have done differently, but it I think it coming out of me watching it definitely ignited my passion for acting again, and kind of like that art form. um, It's so close to my heart. And it's, it's something that ever since I was little, it was the only thing people would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I go, I want to be an actress. (laughs) And it was just always, that's what I was destined to do. I always said that, but slow as I you know I've gotten older I realize I'm passionate about a lot of things um so now I am definitely trying to get back into it I'm on the coast I'm going to find a new um acting coach and just reach out to friends that want to do shorts or just like I love playing around with other creatives and um doing stuff along the lines of that but it one it's for me I'm not putting pressure on it though like when it comes when it happens naturally it will come and I've learned with myself, if I try force something, it just it just doesn't
0: work. <laughs> totally. And I think for you, you're creative in so many ways. Like I know you've got a singing teacher as well. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, like, I think for you, as long as you're doing something creative, you will feel fulfilled in some way. Do you want to know something funny? Yeah. I don't know if you'll remember this.
1: So I never
0: in my life considered
1: ever doing music, ever. But it was always something I loved. I was always involved in the music industry, whether it be my friends in music. Like I have lots of friends in DJs, singers, performers, artists, managers, um, or it was me going to concerts and gigs. Like I always loved music. And I remember we always talked about music together and we loved it. And do you remember when we were sitting in the treehouse and we were doing angel cards and you drew me the music for manifesting card and you said to me, you're going to sing or like you need to sing. And I was like, no, 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 no no way. Never. Like it's one of my biggest fears. I can't sing in front of people. Like the thought of singing in front of people makes me terrified. Yet I could act in front of whoever, you know, like I remember it was you that ignited it years ago and not until the end of last year did I go, hey, actually, maybe we should give this a try. But I always remembered it coming from you going, you've got to do this. Your soul is so aligned with it. And that's how I kind of came to the conclusion of it. I was like, you have no idea how to do this. You're terrified of this. Give it a red hot shot. Just give it a go.
0: <laughs> oh, you, I can totally see you doing it. It's 100% within you. You will laugh so hard. I went to an acting class right before lockdown and there, it was a new acting school and the teacher just goes, you kind of pointed at me. And he's like, stand up in front of everyone. So everyone was sitting in <gasps> seats in order me. He goes, you got to sing. And I was like, what? <gasps> I don't sing. Like, I'm very aware that's not on my goal list at all. Um, I'm Mm -hmm. tone deaf, unlike you. You're super talented. I have been watching you have a little dabble on the gram when you sing. Oh my God. And I'm always like, my my boyfriend's a producer, Matt. And I'm like, quick, Matt, look at this. And he's like, she could do it. She could do it. So he gets so, we both get so G'd up when you put singing on. I'm just
1: such a perfectionist, though, because for me, When I hear myself sing, I don't actually think I'm a vocalist. I think I just, I actually really love writing poetry. And for years I've been writing these poems and it all started when I was like, maybe, I was like, I want to be in the music industry so bad, I'm so passionate about it. I was like, I'll write songs for people. That's what I'll do. I'll be a songwriter. And then I remember being like, wait, no. I can't write them my songs. I want to sing my songs. (laughs) Like (laughs) classic Leo. I was like, that's like, you know, I'd write these deep poems. I was like, no, no one else could sing this. It has to come from me. And I was like, okay, look, you don't have to be the best singer in the world. Your words, it was more, I I, I guess I'm so drawn to music because I have so much I want to say. And I know music has transformed my life and certain artists have transformed my life by just what their words and the emotion. So I'm like... I understand emotive things. I understand how to, I guess, translate how I feel into art forms. Why not try this and just get amazing producers to help me? (laughs) And (laughs) And auto, we can work with Auto Tune until (laughs) I train my voice to be good.
0: (laughs) Your your voice actually, I think you've got um singing dysmorphia. You know how you said you have body (laughs) dysmorphia. You've got your voice sounds friggin amazing.
1: Izzy, my roommate, said, she goes, you've got voice
0: dysmorphia, yes. Cardia.
1: I was like, oh, probably. <laughs>
0: definitely, definitely do. I can't believe how quickly this has gone. What is next for you, Cardi? Like I know you were saying just on Insta Stories today or yesterday, you're like, it's been an exciting couple of weeks. So what's whatever mm-hmm. you can share, what's next on the agenda?
1: I've got no no hidden agendas ATM. I Honestly, it's so annoying Hey, when people are like, I'm working on this really exciting project, <laughs> but I can't tell you what it is. <laughs> So just to let everyone know, I'm not actually working on anything exciting right now that's <laughs> hidden. Um, I've been pretty – I've been actually really upfront with what I've been doing. I I was going to, like, keep music I hush-hush because I've not made much yet. I've just – it's still – I'm just playing right now. Um, so that's what I'm doing. I'm just kind of like – Lola, I'll show you on my webcam. There's my little piano at the side. If you can yeah, see girl. her, yeah, yeah. I've just love been it. spending time learning about playing that. I've been writing a lot. I've been um, working on really cool social campaigns. You know, I did my Glossens bikini collab, and then we shot some still co- cool stuff for Pandora. And
0: I, saw. I guess what I'm
1: trying to do at the moment, moving forward, while times are really uh, turbulent and weird and we can't really predict what's going to happen in the next few months. I've just been trying to be very present, but with my current work, I'm trying to go, okay, how can I take this and make it something really beautiful with a lot of soul? So I guess, you know, for my Pandora job, most of the time you get a brief and it's like, Hey, we want a video on Instagram. We want a few stills. So I went, okay, can I have a production budget so I can get my friend who's an amazing filmmaker to come in and make this a piece of art? And I'm so happy. They were like, yes. So I got to sit with my friend Isaac who's just starting out you know, filmmaking and I was like, what's your ideas for this? How can we make this amazing? And he created this beautiful, whimsical little short film kind of vibe talking about what makes me me and it just, I think what I'm trying to do with any of my social media jobs moving forward is actually making them all little works of art and just Mm. pushing myself to be more creative again and not be so lazy with it. Uh, Just so I'm in that creative flow and I'm, Impacting people in a positive way, even if it is a brand brand deal, you know.
0: I feel like uh, your YouTube feels very that too. Like you've always kept the artiness. Don't you feel?
1: I try, and I mean, I've I've definitely lost it a lot, and I've slackened off a lot. In all honesty, like I used to, creative editing used to be my a big passion of mine. But yeah. sadly, after years of doing it so much, I did lose that spark for it a bit. But it comes every once in a while, and I always still try and make sure every video I post has that Cardia flair to it. But um, I know people want to see more of that, but I don't ever want to put out something that's false. If I'm not feeling it, I'm not feeling it, and I don't want to. I don't want to force. Force it just because you know. It wants, totally. I want it to be authentic, and um, so I'm just playing with different ways of doing that. While you know, while I can't, while while, while we're stuck here, because I was supposed to move right now. You know, I was supposed to be living overseas and doing that whole thing, but the universe has slowed us all down. And I'm trying to just take advantage of this time as much as I am frustrated. <laughs>
0: <But it's laughs> Where good. do you want to go first when the, when everything's safe to travel? Um,
1: I was tossing up, I, at first it was just always LA and that's, you know, for both of us, we were, mm. we were both supposed to be relocating at the same time. In um, another
0: tree house.
1: <laughs> in another treehouse. you know, doing that whole thing. But um, before isolation happened, I actually went to London for, well, I was in Paris for a job with Sephora and then I went to London after for, um, mom and I just want, I, I brought my mom with me and I was like, we should just make the most of this while we're in Europe. And we went to London and I just had the most magical time there. I don't know what it was. My soul was like, you need to be here. This is something ignited. So I actually think once the world opens up again, I might go to London for a few months and just ex- play around with some creatives there. And it's music is really popping off there and there's lots of, um, people in the industry over there making music and stuff. Um so I might try that and also just to experiment with somewhere new and push myself out of my comfort yeah, zone on. and then get to LA. But I mean America's kind of scaring me right now. So
0: I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. You gotta wait for the I dust to settle. Know. Big time. It's a bit okay.
1: weird. It's a big it's a big shift over there. So I honestly don't know when that's gonna happen.
0: Side note, if anyone's listening well, everyone, well, people that are listening can't see Cardia right now, but she's got a crystal in her hand. Oh
1: my god <laughs> I didn't even know that I was doing that. I just like look, I've got my I've got my crystal oil oh, roller so and good. I just that's so weird. I just picked that up. I didn't even mean to. I love
0: it. I love it. Um one last thing and I just want to end on this for people that are listening that are um are too afraid to take the jump to chase a dream, what would your advice be to them?
1: Oh my god. Um so much. Just for me, I think the biggest thing with let's use music as an example, Um, I could sit there and I did sit there for years thinking, God, wouldn't it be amazing to one day get up on a stage and sing and, and and make people feel something? And I thought, oh God, yeah, that would be cool. And then I'd move forward. And then I had this one day where I sat there and I went, you are going to regret this, Cardia. If, imagine if you are like 80 years old and you're still dreaming of being on a stage singing, but your time has passed. So for me, it was, I came to the, I came to the terms of my head being like, you're going to regret this if you don't just try and there's no harm in trying. It doesn't matter if you fail. And this is why I say like, I don't really know how to sing, but I'm going to put in the effort. I'm going to put in the time and I'm going to learn. And I know that with anything in life, like when you put your mind to something and you really believe it and you manifest it and you are committed to it and you're committed to yourself and you're self-disciplined, you can literally make anything possible. You can make anything happen. It's just... And I say this in this very harsh <laughs> words because I'm al- also telling myself and reminding myself of this <laughs> exact thing. Um, it just takes that. Streamline focus and commitment to yourself and, tr- and trust in yourself. Yeah,
0: you're inspiring me so much. You would love. I've got an acting teacher in LA, but we do our classes in on via Zoom. He's an actor mm-hmm. called Cody Fern, and he's on like American Horror Story and wow. Sasha Versace and House of Cards. Like pretty massive, massive deal. Wow. And he says, he's like, you need to fall in love with doing the work. A hundred. Like, don't be lazy. And he said. He goes, ask your parents' generation if they've got mm-hmm. any regrets, mm. and he's like, "Unfortunately, most people will have regrets." And he's like, "Just don't let it like do the work, take the risk." And he kept saying to me because I had to do a southern accent, and I was so scared of doing it. And He's like, "You're reading I the hate lead." Doing
1: accents. He's like, "You're <laughs>
0: reading the lead today, Lola," and I was like, "Oh!" And he goes, ah. "He goes, have the courage to fail," and I mm. loved it. But it's the same Mm-mm. thing with you with your singing. It's the exact same kind of like method that you need it's just like work so hard that you master and it. it's stripping away the ego it's just like
1: yeah. oh and for me I'm such a perfectionist it's exactly that it's be be what did you say it was be um be open to fail or like
0: yeah to, to
1: embarrass yourself or yeah. to stumble I'm like everyone has to learn at some point like I think for me, so much in my life has come either from this second nature knowing or something that I did when I was younger. So it's, it's, it's been almost easy. Like acting for me was not easy, but it was always second nature. Music is not second nature to me. It's something I have to learn from scrap, but I know how proud I'll be of myself. And that's the thing. Regret. I haven't lived with regret already. Like I, sorry, I don't regret much or practically yeah. anything in my life because it's a lesson I will regret this if I don't try yeah. like I know it will be the one thing I'll go to my deathbed going god I'm fucking pissed off at yeah. you, Cardia, for not doing that the so thought of it even thinking about it now it makes yeah. me annoyed at myself so I'm like put in the time
0: <laughs> you're gonna get off this podcast and be like piano is out we're gonna Hello. have it
1: <laughs> we are having a session together yeah. <laughs> I go, which <laughs> it's frustrating, but I'll get there. <laughs>
0: and, and I think that's important to mention growth is frustrating and growth growth oh God, isn't yeah. comfortable and that feeling you get with singing, I get that with acting school every time I have to go up, mm-hmm. but the, the feeling you get on the other side of that is this real sense of oh, it's accomplishment, I did something that I was fucking scared of.
1: And you're overcoming your fears. What I've learned and what I go for now is, okay, what scares me the most? Okay, for me it's singing. Acting, okay, run run towards it. Absolutely. Because once you get over that hurdle, you are going to feel like a Wonder Woman
0: goddess. Yeah. <laughs> that is the perfect way to end this podcast, Cardi Milan. You are frigging incredible. Thank you so, so much. I love you. I love Thanks you. Thanks for having me on. It's been too long.
1: I know, seriously. Awesome. I want Corona to be over so I can give you a hug. I know.
0: <laughs> I know. Thank you so, so much. I'm going to get Matt in here to help us end it because I don't want to F it up boom okay don't that's a wrap on another episode of fearlessly failing as always thank you to our guests and let's continue the conversation on instagram i'm at yummo lola this potty my word for podcast is available on all streaming platforms i'd love it if you could subscribe rate and comment and of course spread the love